0: Okay, deadly. Let's do this. Play. Okay, Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy Happy New Year. How has everyone been the past week or so? Awesome. Awesome.
1: Shane, you still have your Christmas tree up. I know. I don't want to take it down ever. (laughs)
0: That's hilarious.
1: I love Christmas so much.
0: Yeah, hey, it's in um 360 days, so just keep it up.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, uh so we'll jump into uh to the TND today. So, like I said or, or via text, we're going to be talking well maybe for the next couple we'll be very consistent on essentially kind of backpacking what we did last TND, which is which is the art of coaching. Uh, And right now, we're gonna take a look at just overall behavioral change, or we can even call it habit change. Um, Obviously, for the reason of it being a new year, people are more likely to want to change a new habit. You know, it's either a new month, a new week, a new year. These are always the times people want to make a new habit. And so, you know, fingers crossed, we're back to work in a week. And so I would imagine that a lot of our clients are gonna be excited to be back either wanting to get back into the old habit or even start some new habits. So we're gonna take a a little bit of a deeper look at what real habit change is so that we can help our clients capitalize on creating new habits, either virtually right now or when we get back to the gym, again, hopefully uh, in a week. So this is what we're gonna start with. We all know what we want to change, but why can't we do it? God damn it, change is hard. And this is a question to you guys. Why do you think change is so hard? We all know what we want to change, but why can't we do it sometimes?
2: Uh, it's it pushes us into. out of our comfort
0: zone. takes us out of our comfort zone. What did you say, Mitchell?
3: I uh, was just like, it's something like you're new, so it's kind of hard if you don't know what you're doing to just kind of jump into it.
0: Yep. Good. Anything else? Uh, the
1: motivation
0: motivation. Yeah. So being scared um, of new stuff.
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, Scared of new stuff. Yes. So I think there's a, there's definitely a lot of, you know, there's uh, intimidation. They're not sure where to start. But again, I think at the end of the day, when people won't want to make a change, they know what they need to change. So for, for example, I remember I was doing a, a check-in with a client, you know, we were making progress. She was getting stronger, you know, her, she was happy with her body composition, but she was really uh, upset that she was 10 pounds heavier than she wanted to be. So during our check-in, we, this was our topic of conversation. It was, okay, so you want to lose 10 pounds. What, and so all I did was I asked her, I said, what do you need to do to get you closer to losing 10 pounds? And she said, well, there's a gym at my work so I could maybe get an extra workout in. I could do cardio in the mornings. I could eat more vegetables. I could maybe cut back on drinking. And she started listing all of these things that if she did them, would she lose weight? 100%. But the reality is that she wasn't doing any of them, although she knew exactly what she needed to do. And you're gonna run into this often that when you're talking with clients, everyone knows what they need to do. They need to cut back on smoking, cut back on drinking. They need to be more consistent, but actually doing that is very hard because most people are trying to change the wrong habit and they're trying to change it in the wrong way. So I wanna give you guys an example. So let's say we have two people who are trying to quit smoking. When they get offered a cigarette, one person says, no thanks, I'm trying to stop smoking. The other person says, no thanks, I'm not a smoker anymore.
2: Mm.
0: Who do you think is going to actually succeed long-term? I'm not a smoker anymore. Bingo. It's because they're trying to change their identity. This is why behavior changes so hard. It's not about trying to do a thing. It's trying to become the person you want to be no matter what it is for example i have clients right now who are trying to get promotions at work so when i talk to them i say okay what are the values of someone who gets promoted they're more confident they're more consistent they're more reliable okay let's use the gym as an outlet to prove to yourself that you can be more confident More reliable and more consistent. So they're actively trying to become the person they want to become. And those clients that I have right now who are doing those things, guess how many sessions they miss? Zero. Zero. Because they're trying to prove to themselves that they can be more consistent and more reliable so they can get a promotion. I have one client right now who she's probably on her third, maybe fourth package, and I can literally count on my one hand, how many times she's missed a session over four packages because she's constantly trying to prove to herself that she she can be more consistent and more reliable. So people are trying to change the wrong thing and they're trying to do it in the wrong way. So who you are right now and who your clients are right now are your identity has been shaped by every habit you've ever done whether it's habits you've done for yourself or whether it's habits you've picked up from friends or family, your identity is a hundred percent shaped by habits. This is why, you know, we like we see the commercials and the the posters at good life. Like, you know, we're going to change your life. It sounds very gimmicky. People don't really understand it at first, but in reality, when we think about actually changing behavior, you're literally changing who you are, which is, for some people, life-changing. Like I, I even think about like for me when I really started getting into understanding behavior change, psychology, things like that for f- five years ago when I tried to improve myself, when I think about who I used to be five years ago, I can't even identify with that person anymore because I don't even know, I don't understand my old thoughts, like my old thought processes because I've accumulated new habits that have made me closer to be the person that I want to be. And our clients, when they're sitting in front of us, telling us that they want to lose 40 pounds, they want to eat better, whatever. They're telling us things that they want to do to become a better person, a better version of themselves. So here are a list of negative identities. Most people put on themselves, this is, I hear this from clients, I hear this from myself, and I hear this from just friends and family, is I'm not, I'm a procrastinator. I'm clumsy. I'm uncoordinated. I'm not a morning person. I always get sick. I'm terrible with directions. I'm bad at tests. I say that one a lot. And I hate that I say it because I know I'm not supposed to. And I'm not a good cook. So people say these all the time. And here's the crazy thing is that the more you say it, the more it becomes... A part of your social reality so we have what's called social reality and we have relative reality these are not terms i'm making up these are terms from people who study neuroscience so relative reality is earth rocks trees things that are real social reality are things that we create such as money houses and our own essential identity with the people around us. And the crazy thing is with social reality is that the more you think it, it becomes real. The more you say it out loud, it it is real. And the more you say it out loud to people, it becomes real. And it becomes more and more real as you say it out loud more often. And especially if you're saying it to people more often then these literally become your reality. People who, who say, I'm clumsy, guess what? They are because they say they're clumsy. They, they, they're not, or even like a cook, right? So if we use this one, for example, is I'm not a good cook. I run into this one often when I'm trying to help people uh, with their nutrition. So it's not about being a good cook. We want to think someone who is a good cook, what do they have in their kitchen, what do you guys think they have? Someone who's a good cook? Cutting board and a knife. Yeah, they have the basic tools to be a cook with fresh ingredients. And if you ever hear someone say, I'm not a good cook, I guarantee you, if you went to their house, they have zero fresh ingredients and they have zero tools to succeed at being a good cook. So being a good cook is not the goal. The goal is to set your kitchen up for success. And then you can learn these, these things. And so I'll give you guys a bit of a, an example of a habit that I changed where I was really able to alter my social reality uh, in a very positive way. So I, when I, I think this was in 20, 2018 is when I first hired a nutrition coach because I wanted to be a nutrition coach. I wanted to get better at my nutrition. I wanted to see what it was like to be a client. So I hired a coach. Over the first kind of initial learning stages, I realized that going out and drinking with friends was a trigger for me or a cue for me that I would eat extra calories. I would go out, have one, two, three, four drinks. And then that led to me wanting to snack on foods. People are ordering pizza. I'm eating pizza, whatever. And so I realized, okay, I need to, I need to stop this if i want to be better at my nutrition. So i remember the first time i went i you know as you know a friend invited me over, we're having friends over, back this was pre-covid. I don't even remember what this feels like, but people texted me and said, "Hey, come over." I was like, "Okay, great. I'll come over." And i thought, "Okay, this is this here we go. This is my first step. I'm not going to bring any alcohol. Good step, cuz then i'm not going to be tempted by the things i buy." I get there, we're hanging out, we're having a good time. And then one of my friends says, hey, man, what'd you bring to drink? I said, I didn't bring anything. He's like, oh, no problem. I'll get you a drink. I said, no, no, no. I'm trying to cut back on my drinking. And he said, okay, well, how about you have one? And then I thought to myself, huh, I'm trying to cut back on drinking. Usually I'll have four or five. If I have one, that's cutting back. Sure, I'll have one. And then one turned into two, turned into three, turned into I'm at home. I'm waist deep in a Domino's pizza and I'm wiping my tears with Parmesan cheese sticks. And I'm thinking, (laughs) how the hell did I get here again? You're an idiot. You're a loser. You're never going to be anything. I hate myself. You're stupid. You're ugly. And I thought, okay, wait, stop. Hold up. Where did I go wrong? And so actually I really had to think about this for a while. And then I realized, oh, I wasn't fully committed and I said the way I said it out loud to my friends was proving to them and to myself that I'm not committed to this change. Cause all I said was I'm trying to cut back when I knew that's not what I was actually trying to do. I was actually trying to stop. And so I thought, okay, this is what you're going to do. The next time you go out to a friend's house, you're going to say, I don't drink anymore. Very different. So fast forward a couple of weeks, same friend, you know, we're having the same people over, we're doing whatever. Again, I don't bring anything. No, no, I don't bring any drinks with me. And then, you know, they say, hey, Chris, would you bring a drink? I said, nothing. They said, what can I get you? And I said, I don't drink anymore. And I remember it was like an atomic bomb went off.
2: <laughs> Everyone
0: in the room stopped. And they were like, is this one of the jokes we don't get that you say? Is this, are you sick? Are you dying? What's going on? And I said, I don't like drinking. I don't drink anymore. And then they said, well, what about one? I said, no, 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 I don't drink anymore. And after saying it three, maybe four times, they said, okay, weirdo, you know, go sit in the corner. We're going to have fun. I don't know what you're going to do. I said, no problem. I'll have fun as well. So, you know, and then I went home and it worked. I went home, I went to bed. I woke up the next morning. I felt great. I didn't overeat calories. I was like, wow, this really worked. And so every time I went out with friends, I had to say that whether it was the same friends or whether it was a new friend I hadn't seen in a while, it was always "I don't drink anymore." I don't drink anymore. After six months of doing that, my friends would ask me; they'd be like, "Chris, do you want to drink?" I, and they'd be like, "Oh, never mind, I forgot. You don't drink anymore." And so the people around me began be, started to identify me as someone who doesn't drink anymore, and so they were helping me. After a year of doing the saying the same thing over and over again, following these same habits, the friends I would regularly go to, they would have non-alcoholic drinks at their house for me. And wow. they say, hey, Chris, I can want me to grab you one of those things like a Zevia or something. I'd say, great. And so just by literally just saying the words, I'm not a, I don't drink anymore. I'm not a drinker. I started to believe that about myself And the people around me who I was hanging out with all the time, they started to believe that as well. So my whole social reality changed uh, in a very positive way. And again, obviously, after doing that for, I did that for like almost two years straight. And now it's like, it's enough of a habit where I can go to a friend's house, have a drink and not uh, be waist deep in garlic knots when I get home. So it's a a good time now. Mm -hmm. So these are things that we need to do with our clients is we need to teach them that it's not about doing a thing. It's about becoming the person you want to become, which is the difference between an outcome goal versus an identity-based goal. So an outcome would be to read a book. But the goal isn't to read a book. The goal is to become a person who reads, right? People who, well, I want to run 5K. Well, fine. The goal isn't to run 5K, The goal is to become a a runner, someone who runs all the time. And it's the same. It's like, the goal isn't to learn how to play the guitar. I've had so many friends be like, I'm going to learn how to play the guitar this year. And then six months later, I'm like, how's the guitar? They're like, I haven't touched it. Yeah. (laughs) It's because the goal isn't to learn how to play the guitar. It's to become a musician because there's something inside of you telling you that you want to be a musician, but you're not doing the things a musician does or you're not, You know, the goal isn't just to show up to the gym twice a week. The goal is to be a healthy person. And so what does a healthy person do? They show up to the gym twice a week, right? And so that shift in mindset uh, is probably one of the most powerful things for a client to really change a, a specific behavior. But probably the hardest as well, because again, people, you know, we get stuck in our identities Uh, really easily. And and again, either in a very positive or negative way. Um, And I find that clients who are typically over the age of 40 have the hardest time with this because they spent so much time identifying themselves as something else Um, that rewiring that is, is incredibly, incredibly hard. But the good news is that your clients are going to give you outcome goals Right when we w- that's like the good life need goal time frame my need lose weight goal ten pounds time frame two months whatever, but again that's so luckily our clients give us the outcome and we just need to work backwards to figure out well what's the identity behind this what you know like the first question on our consult is how is this going to change your life how many of you guys have asked that question and got an awesome response
2: couple
0: times. Yeah, a couple times. But that's the reality is it's a couple times because that question is too broad. It's too there's too much room to figure out. Like um, the worst question an interviewer could ask is tell me about yourself. That's so hard for people to answer because there's so much room for about myself. And so I'm not really focused on how is this going to change your life. I'm focused on, okay, so you want to lose 10 pounds. Someone who is 10 pounds lighter, what do they do? What actions do they have? Or if you were 10 pounds lighter before, what actions did you do then that you aren't doing now? And in that way you're going to start to find things that they can do that are going to get them closer to what they want to become. Sometimes they don't know right away, but they'll figure it out with time. So when you are trying to create a new habit for yourself and for your clients, the first step is you need to decide the type of person uh, you want to be. Again, this is hard. People sometimes have too many options or they feel like they have no options at all. But again, luckily in our field, people do come to us with an outcome goal. So there is something inside of them saying you need to change for whatever reason. And then we need to be the ones, it might not happen in a single consult. It might happen after six months, whatever, but we need to help them decide what they want to be. And then from there, we need to develop a system to prove it to yourself with small wins. So people I'd say the, the main thing people are scared of um, when they're trying to decide who they want to become uh, is I'd say the majority of people are scared of uh, succeeding, which is weird. You know, we want to succeed, but I think most people are scared of succeeding because failing is really easy. Someone who tries to lose weight every Monday, they tell themselves that they're going to eat healthier. And they don't they fail that's really easy to do it's much easier to fail than succeed and people don't understand what it takes to succeed and they understand that if they start to succeed they've now taken on a new responsibility that they don't understand how to handle uh which is very scary so that's why we need to really dial in the systems to to make to get our clients to feel more confident every time you have a small win so for example for my example uh, every time I said to a friend no I don't drink anymore and then I went that whole night not drinking I was casting a vote towards myself saying you're giving myself confidence that I'm actually able to do it this is where the 80 20 rule comes into play so to win an election So to become the prime minister, do you need to have a unanimous vote or do you need to win the majority?
1: Majority. Majority. Majority.
0: The good news is same thing with changing a habit. You just have to win the majority. Some people think that, and this is, again, people try to change the wrong thing and they try and change their habits the wrong way. This is where people try and change their habits the wrong way. People try to win a unanimous vote, which is over a country to become prime minister, you will never win a unanimous vote because there's always going to be opposing forces. Same with being a human, trying to eat better, trying to read more, is you have to just win the majority. Even if that majority is 60-40, some days are going to have 60-40, some days might be 50-50. But at the end of the day, if you can win 80-20, that new habit in six months uh, to a year is actually going to be become a part of who you are. So, with this one, I this is one that I I try and really educate the clients on, right? But again, it's hard to educate clients on things you don't practice. So this is one that we that I think everyone needs to put into practice in different areas of their life, so that when we talk to clients, we can let them know it's like, hey, you're allowed to make mistakes. You're a human. You're going to screw up. But as long as you're doing the new thing more often than you're doing the wrong thing, you're going to create the habit. So it's eating 80% good food and 20% whatever you want. It's reading a book six days a week, not reading it on the seventh, like whatever that system looks like. Uh, As long as they stick to it, they're going to continue to cast a vote towards themselves, being a more confident version, being the person that they truly want to become. Cool. So habits without systems literally make you rely on self-motivation. And self-motivation is very unreliable. It's the most unreliable thing. And so when we're thinking in terms of our clients and ourselves, when we try and make a system, because, you know, whenever it comes to any coaching thing, systems are always going to be, again, when we talked about coaching on the floor, is you need to have a system of how you talk about exercises. When it comes to a system of making it a habit, you want the system to be so obvious that other people pick up on it, even though they don't understand that you're trying to change a behavior. So I'll give you a couple of examples. I'll give you another example um, from my life. So during the first um, lockdown, I, I was thinking, well, what can I do with all my time other than golf? I can't just golf the rest of my life. This is too much. So I thought, well, I really like drawing. That's been another, that's a huge part of my um, teenager life was drawing and being an artist. And so, okay, well, I got all this extra time. I don't draw anymore. Let's get back into drawing. And so I would go a day and say, today I'm going to draw. And, and then I didn't. And then another day would go by and I'd say, okay, today I'm going to draw. And then I didn't. And so I had, to, I had to, again, rethink, okay, why am I not doing this? And so I just think, okay, well, here's what if, what if I went to the a home of an artist, What would that look like? There would be paintings on the walls. There would be a desk full of art supplies that's messy and whatever. Like that's what a home of an artist looks like. And so then I had to think, okay, if I walked into my home right now, no one would know that I draw. I have no pictures on the wall of what I've done. They're all stuffed in a box in my closet. And all of my art supplies are stuffed in a box with with a closet. So I had to think, okay, I need to make it so obvious that if someone else came to my house, they'd be like, oh, this guy draws. And so that's what I did. I started hanging up pictures all over my house and I just left a huge pile of mess of art supplies on my desk. So every time I walked around my house, I would see it. And then after doing that, I actually sat down and started working at it and, and it's becoming a habit again for me. And we can, and when it, so when it comes to a system, and making it obvious for other people this is where you and your client can just get super creative of how you use their environment you know so for like for example um someone who wants to start meal prepping what, what could they do to make it so obvious for other people that they're trying to meal prep
1: buy lots of tupperware <laughs>
0: buy lots of tupperware what else
2: I mean, keep yourself accountable by sharing it with your friends or family or social media.
0: Sure. Anything else? Um, I think those are pretty good starts. Tell
2: the the people in your household that you are doing this. It's important to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let the people know that you're doing it. And then again, you want to think, how can you make other people think that you do this thing if they just showed up to your house. And so um, the clients who, again, I've I've worked with, who are like, I don't like to meal prep. It's like, (laughs) okay, well, or it's, again, it's not that they don't like to, they just literally don't know how. And so we would talk, well, someone who does meal prep, Sunday morning, what does that house look like? So the fridge is stocked full of things to cook and all of the Tupperware and all of the kitchen supplies is sitting in the middle of your kitchen so that if a friend showed up to your house Sunday morning, they would think, huh, Sinead's about to meal prep, right? So then it's so obvious to other people that you actually begin to do it. Same thing with like, if you wanna start reading at night, put your book on your pillow so that if someone walked into your room, they'd say, huh, this person likes to read books at night. And then every time you do that, again, because it's in front of you and you can see it and it's obvious, it's going, to be make, it's going to make this new habit more attractive. And so this is probably like one of the best phrases you can do for yourself or you can teach a client is I will do behavior at time and location. So for example, I'm going to eat healthy this week is not good enough. It doesn't talk about behaviors. There's no time frame. There's no location. So how could we, for someone who wanted to eat healthier, how could we use this sentence to get them to do the behavior versus just saying, Oh, I'm going to eat healthy this week. What would that look like in practice?
3: I'll eat a healthy dinner at 6
0: 30 PM at home. You got it. And guess what? You think that, and you say it out loud. If someone had a camera in my house, with a recorder, they would think I'm a goddamn crazy person because I'm constantly telling myself I'm going to go do things at this time, at this location. They're like, this guy's a spy. He's killing people. What is going on? He's a freak. But this is what you have to do. This is the, the nitty-gritty work uh, of actually creating a real habit. And when it comes to this one, how many – so again, for the person who wants to eat healthy this week, how many times do you think they need to say this in a week? Every day. Every day, even more. Like
3: five times a day. <laughs>
0: every, every time they eat food. Literally, you, this is the, the thought process that you wanna have every time. You, we could even simplify this. Uh, and I've used this for, for clients in the past, is someone whose go- outcome goal is to be healthy. And so every time that they were faced with a situation, the system that we created was what would a healthy person do right now? Then that's what they thought to themselves, not just Monday morning, but they would wake up and think, what would a healthy person have for breakfast? They go to the office, someone brings donuts. Okay. What would a healthy person do in this situation? They have lunch. Co-workers are asking them to go out for, for fast food. Okay. What would a healthy person do in this situation? It's like, it's a constant, battle internal battle of what would a healthy person do what would an artist do what would a magician or a magician do in this situation like what does this person i want to become what does that behavior look like and this is essentially the fake it to make it in a nutshell i don't like fake it to make it because making it makes it seem like you like have achieved the status of gods like it doesn't make sense to me it's fake it till you become Mm -hmm. it so if you trick yourself into doing things a healthy person would do, you're going to become a healthy person. If you trick yourself to do things an artist would do, you're going to become an artist. This makes sense so far. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good.
2: You're basically just like putting yourself in the person that you want becomes shoes, yeah. essentially. Yes.
0: Yeah. The trick is not to become someone else though. Right. Right. So if I wanted to become a professional basketball player, I would not say I'm going to become, I want to identify as Michael Jordan. I want to become Michael Jordan. That's not, that's an identity goal, but we're trying to achieve something that's impossible because I can't become him. I'm not him. I'm me. Right, and I think a lot of people. This is where social media gets r- hyper confusing, uh, is because people base their f- fitness goals off of people they want to be on Instagram, which is a good start, but can't be the end all, be all. Because the reality is, is you're not, you're never going to be that person. You are you, not that person. Yeah. So you need to figure out well, what kind of person do you want to be, or you can model that person. Well, a better thought process would be, what would Michael Jordan do now? I think that all the time when it comes to working out. I think of Kobe Bryant. I think of Michael Jordan. I think, okay, well, what well, you know, I don't want to work out right now. What would Kobe Bryant do? Well, he would work out. Okay, we'll do that because he's like a, a model of someone I would want to do. I'm not trying to become Kobe Bryant. I'm just trying to follow uh, his, his behaviors to create a habit. And so this is just like, this is the the starting ground of behavior change is, If you're unable to change the identity, changing a habit, it's like basically, it's basically impossible. And so by creating a new habit, this is just where you want to start, figure out what you want to be, and then develop a system to prove it to yourself through small wins and make that system so obvious that other people are going to, or other people are going to see it. And so this is basically where we're going to wrap it up for today uh, is that winners and losers have the same goals. People in the NHL, they want to win the Stanley cup, but only one team wins. Why is that? It's because the team that wins is the team that wants to be the best. The teams that lose are the ones who want to win a championship. Because winning a championship is an outcome being the best is an identity that they're trying to achieve. That's, that's the difference And it's the same thing goes with trying to lose weight is winners try to winners begin to identify as someone healthy and the people who don't succeed in weight loss are the people who only care about 40 pounds. And so when we think about the consults that we haven't seen show back up to the gym, the starter packages that we did, I'm not saying they're losers, but this is their reality is that they're focused on the outcome and not enough about changing that identity. And this is something that I think overarchingly as personal trainers, not just in our gym, I think personal trainers everywhere, just, are missing this piece of helping clients understand that it's not about the outcome, it's about the person you want to be and modeling that person you want to be until you actually become that person. And that's, that's true behavior change in a nutshell in terms of just getting started on that behavior. Cool? cool, okay. very cool. Okay. I don't know how long that was, that's a shorter one. That's all I had prepared. I think that's awesome that was good cool let's uh go through some takeaways start at the top of my view rian and go
2: uh okay um i mean a lot of it was kind of stuff that i knew but like it was good to like reaffirm some things Mm -hmm. and just some of, uh, well, what I really liked was uh, I will do like behavior at time in location. Cause I talk about a lot of the stuff with my clients, but I think now having like these words, I can kind of make a stronger impact on changing their viewpoints,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you can get them to say these things aloud or yeah. write them down and then they have to show you.
2: Yeah. Um, I want this- them to do more of that for
0: sure so yeah some 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 form of tracking it
2: yeah yeah there's some good like words in here that I can like drive home my point
0: good good Sinead
1: um I like the bit about no I'm trying to cut back on smoking versus I'm not a smoker when I because when I think about myself now trying to do the trying to change my eating habits with you um, when I go to some groups and then I'll have, um, already had all my nutrients, all my calories for the day. Mm. So then I'll get there and they'll have some food spread and they'll be like, Oh, just grab a plate, get whatever you want. And I'm like, Oh no, that's okay. I've already had all my calories for the day. And right. they're like, Oh, okay. How long is your diet? Like how long are you going to be on this diet? And like, I don't really know how to answer that. I'm kind of like, well, it's, it's not like a, like a short time frame diet. But well, yeah. I kind of want because whatever I'm saying is making them think it's a short period of time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I kind of want to change my statement into something like well, it's not, no, I don't eat. I don't really know <laughs> what else to say.
0: Huh. Yeah, that is a tricky I think what you are saying is the right thing to say.
3: Yeah. But I already ate enough. I'm full right
1: now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fine. But
2: it's
1: got a lot too. Yeah. I don't know if you get me, but just every time I go to the same group, then they'll be like, oh, you can't eat right now, can you? Because you're on the diet for right now. Right. And kind of like, oh, no, it's not for right now. I'm never going to eat when I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I just hate your guys' food. Get out of here.
1: <laughs> no, it's always really good. It looks good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's kind of the same thing where, like, I, I went through with, with my friends of, like, I don't drink anymore. Is it event- eventually, they just stopped asking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, they just, they, and the, when I was going through that myself, I, I really had to realize that if these friends didn't stop asking, these are probably not people I should be hanging out with a lot, yeah. right? It's the very famous saying, show me your friends, I'll show you your future, so if they were always persistent of like, "No, drink, 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 drink," I literally would have had to stop hanging out with them because they weren't cluing into what I was doing. But uh, luckily, they did. Mm-hmm. Cool, mm-hmm. Hamza. Uh, yes. So uh,
3: my my take will be just not being negative on describing yourself versus saying like, for example, saying "I'm not healthy" versus no using the words uh like. I'll be healthy. I'll be eating this kind of thing, or I'll do grocery shopping depending on something versus saying, Oh, I'm not healthy and stop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a, that's a, that's a super powerful one. Uh, clients they get stuck in that, that identity negative, like this is like the whole like victim min- <clears throat> mentality of like, Oh, I'm, I'll never achieve anything because life is always out to get me. It's like, well, not really, you know, people have harder situations than others, but, Um, If you identify someone who's never going to be anything, hmm, it's a good chance that you're never going to achieve anything that you really want to in life. And the same goes with a client. Well, I'm always in pain. Okay. Well, what does a person who's not in pain do? What does that look like? And then starting to reshape the client's identity that way is uh, super powerful. Mitchell. Um,
3: I think just like, uh, more or less talking about it more often and just mm. talking yourself into it definitely helps with that projected outcome because, yeah, I just, I, cause I can just speak from past experiences when you're like running off certain, say motivation is a big driver, but then when that kind of dies out and if you don't have the, that concrete kind of system in place then it's definitely easier to fall off. Yeah. So yeah, no, I just, uh, the whole thing was great just to kind of touch up on and, like even for myself, I'm going to use it. And then obviously transfer it and use it with my clients and stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's the best thing you can do. Is like, you know, being a, a trainer, we're helping people change habits. And so, you know, we want to be uh, a product of what we sell, right? So we want 100%. to see what it's like to try these things so that when the client runs into an issue, you can think, Oh, I ran into that too. Here's how, you know, this is my suggestions of how to overcome it. So I think that's great. All right, last but not least, Ashley.
1: So I, like, all of it was really good, Um, especially just, like, how you should, like, speak in the way that you want to, like, how you want to identify and changing, like, that language because then it changes your mindset. And, uh, yeah, like, especially with saying like what you'll do at like a certain time and where, I think that's really good to like keep yourself accountable and something I should apply to as well.
0: Nice. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah. And so, so now that we have this kind of system of, well, we know that what we, our clients need to do is they need to really change their identity. Uh, and we need to create a system in place. Um, Now, whenever you hear clients say something like they want to do something more of, you can really catch them on that and then use the things that we talked about today to create a really solid conversation of, okay, well then if you did that more, what would you become? What does that look like? And then you can help build the system so that they can actually achieve these habits that they want to and really become the person that they want to be. Cool. All right. That's it. That's all for this. Week. Thanks for coming. Hopefully, next time I see you, we will be in a gym next yeah. Tuesday or Wednesday.
2: Hopefully.
0: If not, we I will keep up. you guys updated on future Zoom TNTs, but I'm not even going to think about that because we'll be back at work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Chris. Right, thanks thank, you. You. Hey, thank you, Chris. I need to stop recording this now. Morgan doesn't need to know what's going on in our check ins.